This uh, message I prepared this morning, uh, it's a little different than things that you normally would hear. Um, and uh, I would ask that you wait till we get to the end before you throw anything. I've titled uh, this morning's message, Many Paths. In college, I was exposed to many areas of study that included philosophy and comparative world religions and a mandatory three-semester class called Basic Studies that we all affectionately refer to as BS. Yes, that BS. Yeah, Bible study. <laughs> I didn't know at the time how important basic studies would be. They would help me in sort out, sorting out my worldview. Basic studies combined and interwove chronologically from the beginning of recorded history a study of world history, philosophy, and religion, and the impact that they had on one another. For the first time, I began to understand how ideologies and philosophies and religions developed and spawned differing worldviews. This morning, we will be taking a very high-level look at truth claims of Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Judaism, human secularism, and of course, Christianity. We don't have time, nor do you have the endurance to sit through what it would take to go into detail. One of the sections that I'm gonna be talking about would be could be easily expanded into a three-hour college course, so you're really getting a 50,000-foot view of what we're going to be talking about today. Nor do we have the time to get into the hundreds, if not thousands, of variants of less prominent faiths, uh, sects, or cults. Now, ironically, in the myriads of offshoots of faiths, sects, and cults, you will find belief systems that often even run contrary to the original founders' teachings. All the world religions have them, including Christianity. It's my opinion that this is why there are superficial similarities, and I want to emphasize the word superficial, between other world religions. This adaptation and blending is what scholars refer to as syncretism. And it's defined as the combining of diverse beliefs and or practices. I'm going to conclude this morning why I think that all paths eventually lead to God, but with one significant distinction. So hold on to that thought as we go through all this other stuff, okay? As of 2020, 
it was estimated that approximately 85% of the world population identified with a religious faith. It was estimated that Christianity uh, comprised approximately 2.38 billion followers worldwide, followed by Islam at 1.91 billion followers. Now here's a footnote. Based on current trends, it is estimated that Islam will overtake Christianity as the number of followers by 2050. Hinduism was estimated to have 1.16 billion followers. Buddhism, 507 million. Followed by folk and regional religions of 491 million. And Judaism of 14.6 million. Clearly, 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 Judaism would not be included as one of the five major world religions if it were not the bedrock of Christianity and to a lesser extent, Islam. I should uh, also note that at the time this survey was taken, there were about 1.19 billion individuals which were considered non-religious or without having any formal religious affiliation. For now, <clears throat> I will loosely refer to this belief system as human secularism. That wasn't the name in the beginning, but we're going to refer to it for grouping this group right now. It is my opinion that human secularism is an expression of faith. The faith, though, of human secularism lies solely in its humanity. Now, the statistics that I've just cited, they're only estimates. And they do not take into account those who are only marginally affiliated with their associated faith group. And I define marginal affiliation as anyone merely identifying with, but not embracing or practicing the truth claims of the faith they identify with. I think that hits home maybe if you think about that. It's generally accepted that Judaism and Hinduism contend for the oldest major world religion. Now, the early origins of both predate any written sacred texts. And early predecessors of both were pagan and polytheistic. Now, based on my research, I'm convinced that Judaism is the oldest recorded religion and this could explain many of the superficial similarities with all other religions, sort of spread out. Generally speaking, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity are considered to be monotheistic, that is, the belief in one God, whereas Hinduism ranges from polytheistic, there are many gods, to pantheistic, that is, God is impersonal and in, in part of everything. So God could be in that chair. Buddhism is generally considered to be atheist. Atheistic in its belief, there is no God. Whereas human secularism clearly falls within both 
the agnostic, which says you cannot know if there is a God, or the atheistic camps. Now, one of the most common arguments pitted against Christianity is that it is too exclusive. What does that mean exactly? Naysayers contend that since Christianity does not accept any of the other world faiths to be compatible, it is therefore intolerant, bigoted, and exclusionary. In other words, Christianity invalidates all other belief systems. Their argument is that we all worship the same God as we perceive him, and that all faiths simply represent a different path to God. Now, I think that their thinking is correct. That is, all paths do lead to God. Now, before you start to pick up rocks or stones or sticks, allow me to go on. I think you'll see where I'm going. We've all heard it said that all religions are basically the same, that any earnest seeker with enough good works will, in the end, find their individual path to God. Conversely, it has been said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. In a sense, I think both statements are true. And again, we're going to talk more about this later. But there is a fallacy in the statement that all religions are basically the same. The law of non-contradiction states that something cannot be both true and not true at the same time when dealing within the same context. The result may be partial truth, circumstantial truth, relative truth, opposing truths, but not absolute truth. Truth is not truth if it is not absolute. Although there may be some similarities, major religions do conflict in their truth claims. We're going to look at several aspects of the different faiths that I've mentioned earlier. We're going to start with the origins. Hinduism, early origins of Hinduism predate any written sacred texts. I think I've mentioned that before. And the early predecessors of both were pagan and polythe polytheistic. There is, a, uh, a, there is no agreed-upon founder of Hinduism. It has simply evolved from its pagan, pantheistic, and polytheistic roots to comprise what it is today. It is thought that Hindu polytheism began around 1500 B.C. Now, the largest concentrations of Hindus are found in India and the surrounding nations. Buddhism's interesting in that uh, uh, Gautama Buddha lived in the 566 to 486 range B.C. And it's estimated that he received his enlightenment around 531 B.C. Buddhism had its beginning in India, the heartland of Hinduism, 
but it spread. And now followers are most likely to be found in Tibet, Nepal, and Southeast Asia. Human secularism. I should clarify here that atheism actually predates human secularism by many millennia. Now, the term human secularism dates back only to the mid-1800s A.D. That's like less than 250 years ago. However, there still is no individual founder. It can be both agnostic and atheistic. Famous human secularists that you may have heard of include Mark Twain, Bertrand Russell, Madeleine Murray O'Hare, and Carl Sagan. Now, origins of Islam. Islam was founded by Muhammad around 610 A.D. Muhammad grew up in a polytheistic environment, and he embraced certain aspects of Jewish and Christian ideology, but claimed that both Judaism and Christianity had been corrupted. Followers of Islam, as you probably already know, are worldwide, but most heavily concentrated in the Middle East, Northern Africa, and Malaysia. Judaism, the early origins of Judaism were also pagan and polytheistic, and they predate also any sacred writings. Abraham, as you know, was considered the father of the Jewish faith. He was called by God around 1800 B.C. Followers of Judaism are most heavily concentrated in Israel and the United States. Christianity. Judaism and the Old Testament scriptures are the bedrock, as I've mentioned, of the Christian faith. The Christian faith was founded by Jesus of Nazareth, a Jewish rabbi during the first third and first, first third of the first century A.D. Let me get that right. Jesus identified himself as the prophesied Messiah of the Hebrew Scriptures. And Jesus declared himself to be one with the Father, able to forgive sins, the creator of the universe, and an authoritative interpreter of God's law. He performed many, many miracles. Now, according to the New Testament scriptures and eyewitness accounts, Jesus, Jesus was crucified, buried, and raised to life on the third day. That's the origins. But there's different attitudes as to who is God. You probably see a pattern developing here. Early Hindu origins were pantheistic, and they evolved into a more of a polytheistic. Pantheism, of course, being God is part of everything and in everything to many gods. As Hinduism evolved, three primary deities were identified, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. And through the ages, avatars, incarnations of Vishnu, made physical appearances on earth as powerful gods. Krishna, 
you've all heard probably of the Hare Krishnas. Used to see them in the airport all the time. Krishna is considered the eighth avatar of Vishnu. And now some Hindu sects believe that Jesus, Muhammad, and Buddha were avatars. That's how they sneak in. The best research that I could rely on says that there are at least 33 Hindu gods with innumerable incarnations. And these estimates have, I've seen range, ranging from 10,000 to as many as 333 million. That's a lot of incarnations, isn't it? I've already mentioned that Buddha was an atheist. He never claimed to be God. He thought that belief in God was not edifying for the religious life. There have been many Buddhas, which are fully enlightened beings, and holy men, uh, if I could pronounce it, it's bodhisattvas, which are powerful beings striving toward enlightenment. Then you got the human secularists. They just flat out say God does not exist. Philosophies such as naturalism and materialism accurately describe reality. See the problem with that? Islam, even though it's monotheistic, says that there is one God, Allah. Allah is said to be self-existent, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, merciful, and transcendent, and hates evil. Islam denies the existence of the Christian triune Godhead and claims that Allah is the God of the Bible. We don't have time to get into disputing that. I'm just saying what they believe. Now, Islam rewrites the Old Testament Abrahamic covenant and claims that God's promise to create a great nation would be through Abraham's son, Ishmael. In Judaism, God is one. And his divine attributes are very similar. They include self-existence, omniscience, omnipotence, perfect benevolence, eternality, and total sovereignty. Abraham, I said, is considered to be the father of Judaism based on God's covenant with Abraham, that he would make Abraham a great nation through his son Isaac. That's in Genesis 15. I would like to say that Genesis 15, 15 predates Islam's reinterpretation by over 24 centuries. That's something to ponder. Who is God in Christianity? Anybody got an idea? Christianity affirms monotheism, where God is one in nature or essence, yet exists in three distinct divine persons, the Father, Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is a mystery that is clearly expressed in both the Old and New Testament scriptures. Each person of the Trinity has unique roles and common responsibilities, but they work in concert, having common goals and purpose. And these different functions and roles are they're simply the outworking 
of the eternal relationship between the Father, Son, and Spirit. They do not diminish the deity, attributes, or essential nature of the Father, Son, or Spirit. We've looked at origins. We've looked at who is God. Who is Jesus? In Hinduism, he's essentially a teacher. Hindus believe that Jesus was, and I can't even pronounce this, an achara, an expert instructor. And his example is a light to anyone who wants to take up the serious practice of spiritual life. Some Hindus believe that Jesus was just another avatar who came down to earth to show humanity the righteous way of life, similar to Lord Krishna. Hindus respect and acknowledge Jesus' teachings and miracles and consider him to be a divine being who can provide insight and guidance. Anything missing? You hear anything missing? Buddhism, again, is essentially, uh, considers Jesus essentially to be a teacher. And some prominent Buddhists who have read the Bible or heard the story of Jesus have concluded that Jesus was one of many Buddhas or holy men, and it's a state that's available to anyone in Buddhism. You too can become a Buddha. Kidding. But being a Buddha means that one has fully awakened or become enlightened, and their devotees, uh, they dedicate their lives to teaching the truth to others in order to end their suffering. Human secularism. Human secularists are divided as to whether Jesus even existed as a historical figure. If he did, he was simply a moral teacher, many of whose teachings no longer apply. Islam the Quran affirms that Jesus was born of a virgin, believe it or not. He was righteous, he was a prophet, and a humble servant of God. In Islam, in the faith of Islam, after every mention of Jesus, Muslims recite, peace be on him. Islam denies the Holy Trinity, that Christ is God, that he died on a cross for our sins and his bodily resurrection. Islam teaches that Muhammad succeeded Jesus as God's final prophet. Judaism. Well, Jesus in Judaism was a simply and an itinerant rabbinical teacher, but not the long-awaited Messiah. Jesus was crucified for his blasphemy of claiming to be the Son of God, that is, equal to God. Judaism denies the Holy Trinity, the virgin birth, the divinity of Christ, his atoning death, and his resurrection. We're down to Christianity. Christianity teaches Jesus is the Son of God and the second person of the Holy Trinity. He was born of a virgin, 
lived a sinless life, performed miracles, was arrested, beaten, and crucified. He was buried and rose from the grave on the third day, which was confirmed by over 500 witnesses. Jesus' birth, death, and life and resurrection uh, fulfill over 300 Old Testament prophecies. Scripture and authority. I can't pronounce them, so you're going to get the English translation here, but uh, in Hinduism there are various sects that in translated terms say they are the way of works, the way of knowledge, and the way of devotion. Most Hindus consider the Vedas and Upanishads their most important sacred texts. They also look at the Bhagavad Gita. That's the one that Hare Krishnas were carrying around a lot um, as a highly revered text. Buddhism, on the other hand, there are several sects there too. Um, uh, they have a northern and southern uh, Sects, you might call them. They have a Tibetan sect and a Zen group. The first Buddhist scripture was the Pali Canon, and it's called the Triple Basket in the English translation. It's a gathering of the sayings of Buddha for all intents and purposes. Human secularism which we've already identified as either agnostic and or atheist, says that, there no, says, that, says that no divine revelation exists. And truth is only obtained through scientific observation and human reasoning. Hmm. Islam, there are several sects there as well, but the three primary are the Sunni, the Shiite, and the Sufi. The, definite, uh, the definitive holy book of the Quran is the Quran, and it, it's given by revelation, or was given by revelation to Muhammad, which corrects the corruption contained in the Old and New Testaments. In addition, some of the writings of Moses, the Psalms of David, and the teaching of Jesus are revered. Selectively. Islam also places a great deal of weight on what they call the hadith, which are the sayings of Muhammad, and the fatwas, which are the Islamic religious rulings, their scholarly opinions on a matter of Islamic law. Judaism. It's an interesting, you know, it's, again, it's the bedrock of Christianity, and it's so interesting to see how we differ. In Judaism, there are several sects, the Orthodox, Conservative, the Reformed, the Hasidic, and I'll add the Messianic. The Hebrew scriptures, the Tanakh, are comprised of 24 books, the Torah, the Prophets, and the Writings. They are identical to the Christian Old Testament, but that we divide them into 39 books instead of 24. Much weight is also given to the, both the Talmud 
and the Mishnah, which are essentially rabbinic, uh, they're essentially rabbinical commentaries on the law and the Hebrew scriptures. Now, Reform Judaism considers the scriptures to be human documents. Hasidic Judaism additionally relies more on mysticism. And I think probably everybody is aware of uh, Messianic Jews, that uh, they've accepted Jesus as the promised Messiah. Christianity. It hurts me to say this, but there are numerous denominations, sects, and cults. Protestant Christians use the Holy Bible, which is comprised of the Hebrew Old Testament, and the New Testament, which is comprised of an additional 27 books. Roman Catholics include an additional seven apocryphal books, and the Eastern Orthodox include an additional 13. Sometimes the apocryphal books are referred to as deuterocanical, which means almost canical, almost, almost legit. Second canon. Second canon, there you go. Literal, yeah. Deuteral, yes. Uh, certain sects and cults also include additional esoteric writings, I won't go through the list, and are not accepted by mainstream Christians. What is sin? In Hinduism, sin is one's ignorance concerning reality and the illusion that persons are real. we're all sinners. We are, but not for that reason. After death, the soul transmigrates to another body, or an animal, or an insect, until that person attains spiritual liberation. The cycle of reincarnation, the birth, life, death, and rebirth can last numerous even millions of times. The law of karma ensures that everyone receives just recompense. That's hard for me to say. Recompense. That is reward or punishment for their behavior. Now, people who finally realize their identity with Brahman, the ultimate reality, they obtain release from their ignorance and are no longer subject to the law of karma. There's not a lot to sink your teeth into there, is there? Buddhism, sin is considered the ignorance of the true nature of reality. Individuals are expected to have a proper sense of virtue and decency. Rather than an absolute sense of right and wrong, Buddhists are often uh, called on to avoid moral extremes. Death brings about one of two consequences, liberation or reentry into the cycle of reincarnation. Liberation from the cycle of death and rebirth, nirvana, that's a term or a name that I'm sure some of y'all are familiar with, a band out of Seattle called that, 
is the ultimate goal. Human secularism, what is sin? Human secularism, it's a philosophy or belief system that embraces human reason and secular morals. And humanists, they specifically reject religious dogma. They reject supernaturalism. They reject superstition as the basis for morality and decision-making. Humanists take sin to be just a scary religious delusion and regard evil as a similarly imaginary monster. Islam. Sin in Islam. Mankind is basically considered good, not sinful by nature. And he should live in submission to the will of Allah. Forgiveness of sin is granted by repentance, but no atonement is necessary for salvation. Judaism, what is sin? Sin, as I'm sure you've heard from the pulpit several times, literally means missing the mark, like in shooting an arrow, missing the bullseye. Sin occurs when one violates one of the 613 commandments described in the Torah. Man is born to strive for perfection and to follow the law of God. In Judaism, there are sins against God, sins against another person, and sins against yourself. Prayer and fasting on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, that will provide forgiveness only for those offenses committed against God, not against other people. Christianity. Sin is anything that causes you to deviate from obedience to God's will and character. Sin is anything that places you first, a form of idolatry, and separates you from a relationship with God. We are all born with a sinful nature because Adam and Eve's sin. As a result of the fall, sin entered the world. Paul says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Salvation. Hmm. In Hinduism, the self is an illusion alluded to that earlier. Human beings undergo many cycles of reincarnation, but liberation consists of escaping the cycle of death and rebirth and entering into the presence of Brahman. Hinduism is not exclusive in the sense that Christianity, Judaism, and Islam are. They approach the ultimate reality in many different ways. Buddhism, the achievement of liberation is hindered by ignorance. Got to be smart to get out of the cycle. Nirvana or a state of oblivion can be achieved by meditation and other religious practices. 
I've always found it fascinating that the goal is to reach a state of oblivion where you don't even exist. Mankind goes through many cycles of reincarnation. Many schools of Buddhism maintain that the self is an illusion itself. You may not even exist. Pinch the person next to you and see if they exist, see what they say. <laughs> Human secularism is very exclusive. Humans by their definition, are a complex conglomeration of molecules. The end result of an evolutionary process. That process has progressed from a single cell organism to higher forms of life. There is no salvation or afterlife. No hope. The right of reason and empirical science provides a reliable way of knowledge and discerning objective truth. Wow. Human secularism, it's exclusive in that all religions range from harmless to delusional to very dangerous. Islam is an exclusive faith. Salvation can only be obtained through good deeds and is based primarily on human effort, although in the Sunni sect, a strong doctrine of predestination is taught. Salvation depends solely on works and Allah's mercy. Allah decides who is worthy and who he will forgive. There is no assurance of salvation. Jihad literally means a meritorious struggle or effort. So one who is killed or dies for the sake of Allah, martyrdom, has the only assurance of salvation. Islam is exclusive and asserts that it alone is the true religion. Judaism, also exclusive. They say that salvation can be attained by doing good works and sacrifices, i.e. kind of uh, observing the holy days. Good works are also weighed against one's evil deeds. Judaism allows for Gentiles, that is anyone who isn't Jewish, to pursue their faith as long as they abide by God's minimal requirements. Christianity. Salvation can only be obtained by placing one's faith and trust in the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus died to forgive the sins of fallen human beings. And salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. Good works, hmm. good works are only the outward expression of salvation, not a means of salvation. 
Now, although other religions may contain elements of truth, only God's revelation is found in Jesus Christ and the Bible provides sufficient truth for salvation and a proper understanding of God. All religions, except one, including those we haven't even discussed, require that men perform good works to find favor with their final eternal state. Christianity is the only world faith where God sought out his creation and provided a way of salvation by means of his grace. All world religions except one reject Jesus as the Savior who came to save the lost. There are no do-overs or second chances. Scripture tells us in Hebrews 9, 27 and 28 that it is appointed once for a man to die, then the judgment. The God of the Bible is just, and his justice is only tempered by his mercy. There will be no mercy at the final judgment. Every individual will stand alone. You will be either judged or you will be judged by your works, which none of those, uh, well, let's go back and say that again. You will either be judged by your works, none of which will be sufficient uh, to temper God's wrath against sin, or you will be redeemed by the righteousness of the Lord Jesus because you have placed your faith and trust in him alone. So I'd conclude to say that truly all paths do lead to God. But according to Matthew 7, 13, and 14, only the narrow gate leads to salvation through trust in Christ Jesus. There is no continuous cycle of reincarnation until you get it right. It is an empty and futile hope that God will find favor with you because of your good works. Any other path only leads to God, his wrath, and ultimate judgment. But all paths do lead to God. I'd like to leave you with an allegory. I read this probably 30, 35 years ago, and it's always stuck with me. It's real short. There is a legend that a man was caught in, bed, in a bed of quicksand. Confucius saw him and remarked, there is evidence men should stay out of such places. Buddha came by and said, let that life be a lesson to the rest of the world. Muhammad said about the man, Alas, it was the will of Allah. The Hindu said to him, Cheer up, friend. You will return to earth in a different form. A rabbi walked by and said, It is because of your sin that you find yourself in this predicament. But when Jesus saw him, he said, Give me your hand, brother. I will pull you out.
Each Sunday we offer a time of invitation where if uh, your heart draws you in and you feel like today is the day I need to dedicate my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's time to do that. But if you're already a baptized believer and you want to join this body, hey, it's the time to do that too. And if you'd like to ask for prayer, if something's weighing heavy on you and you'd like the congregation to pray with you and for you, come on down. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as uh, we close this service, I pray that our hearts are united in Christ. And Father, help us to recognize that there are so many paths in this world, but only one leads to salvation. When people say that there are alternate paths to God, Father, we know that there are. But there's only one through Christ Jesus that leads to eternal life. To spend it with you for, for all time and, and, and an opportunity to praise and honor you and worship you forever and ever. Help, help us, Father, through your spirit to drive that point home. And Father, make us, make us witnesses to those who don't understand and don't believe. Father, help us this day to walk from this place as a living testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be his hands, to be his feet. Father, to represent the gospel and to love each and every person that we come in contact with, Father. May we not be combative when we just talk to other people who are of different faiths or beliefs, Father. May we be understanding light. And Father, may we be truthful. I pray all this in the precious holy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.